Hello. Hey there. What's going on? With me or with them? I'm with you. Oh. Nothing? Valentine's I can't really Day talk happened. To them. Yeah. Valentine's Day happened. If you live and in Galentine's the state of California. Day. And Valentine's Day. That's correct. Both days in which I celebrate the love of my life. Haley. Ah. <gasps> and me. then it you. I'm trying to think what else. Um, that's pretty much it. I've been working. So have I. It's been dull. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, it's winter. <laughs> not in California, it's not. It's always no, it's it's winter esque. It's like Alright, I'm looking right now. Now it's seventy one degrees, but the low is forty four. Yeah, it's it was like fourteen here the other day. Alright. Yeah, that's fair. But I wouldn't be able to survive in that weather. So technically this is winter enough for me. That's fine. Yeah. So what are you talking about today? So today, given that President's Day was yesterday and election season is around the corner, for those of you who don't understand where I'm going with this, you will eventually. I feel like that's always how I open these things. Is like if you don't get it, nod. you will get it. Yes. So we're going to talk about the Central Park Five, um, which you should know because presumably you read the title. If not, that's okay. Pretty people don't need to read. And we'll just get right into it mm -hmm. with... So we're going to do a little bit of background. So on the morning of April 20th, 1989, like early hours of the morning, the body of a 28-year-old woman who would later come forward to identify herself in 2003 as investment banker Trisha Mielli was discovered in Central Park in New York City after she had been attacked while out for a jog the night before. So literally every girl's worst nightmare. Yeah. Like, if you're a boy, yeah, we get it. You don't need to worry about this. This is... Or it's not on the top of your list of things to think about. I mean, I guess, but... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I just... I, yeah. I don't I don't like to go out at night. I know lots of people who don't like to go out at night. Also, I heard Trisha's last name pronounced multiple ways. Um, Maylee, Maylee. Um, so literally, I don't know which it is. I tried looking it up. And because she didn't come forward until 2003, she was not in the newscasts about the yeah. Central Park Five because we'll get into that. But... So it's either Maylee or Mielly. I'm I'm now thinking that it maybe should be Maylee. But yeah. So she was dubbed the by the press the Central Park jogger. Um she had been bludgeoned with a rock, tied up, and repeatedly raped and left for dead. So again, every girl's worst nightmare. And her rape and her her attack, like the combination of the two, they were so severe that she lost 75% of her blood. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. She suffered a severe skull fracture, among other injuries, which caused her to be in a coma for nearly two weeks while at Metropolitan Hospital in Manhattan. And ultimately, she had no memory of the attack. Mm. So, Maylee later wrote in her 2003 book, I Am the Central Park Jogger, quote, uh, this is about the attack, mm -hmm. quote, the woman is bleeding from five deep cuts across her forehead and scalp. Patients who lose this much blood are generally dead. 
Her skull has been fractured and her eye will later have to be put back in its place. There is extreme swelling of the brain caused by the blows to the head. The probable result is intellectual, physical, and emotional incapacity, if not death. Permanent brain damage seems inevitable, end quote. Mm. But she ended up coming out alive. She woke up from the coma after 12 days, um, quit her job soon after, and started to work with survivors of sexual assault. And if you can hear any of that, Felix is just a jumping bean today, and I don't quite understand what he's doing or what's going on, but okay, <laughs> that's what that is. Um, so she still has some scarring from the attack and lost her sense of smell. Whoa. But, yeah. That's but weird. That's, but that's it. Wow. Considering. Yeah. Um, and now she works as a motivational speaker, and probably my favorite part about this, like her end of the story, she still runs. Wow. All right. Yeah. So the attack occurred during a particularly violent time in New York City. It was like the 80s. New York used to be, well, it's still relatively dangerous, but it used to be like one of the most dangerous places in the world. Mm -hmm. um, just the year before the attack in 1988, a record 1,896 homicides took place. Hmm. That's too many. Yeah. So this was a really dangerous time in New York history, and the NYPD needed to find somewhere to point the blame and fast. So before Maylee was found, the evening of April 19th, so the night before she was found, the police had rounded up random blackened Hispanic teens in the area and hauled them into headquarters for questioning. The group, which consisted of about 30 teenagers, were arrested for, quote, unlawful assembly, end mm. quote, and they were suspected of assaulting other joggers, throwing rocks at bicyclists, and harassing an elderly homeless man. So mm. here's the thing, though. Many of them did not know each other. Okay. And according to Sarah Burns, the director of the 2012 documentary, The Central Park Five, which we talked about during our United States of Horror series, because it was one of the most popular documentaries in multiple states. Mm -hmm. um, I think Hawaii was one of them, because I know I did Hawaii. Yeah. Um. But if you want more information about the documentary, you can listen to that there because we put in all of the info about the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. And also, again, remember, she's also Ken Burns' daughter. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's got to be, be good. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, Burns said, quote, there were 30 some odd kids who went in the park that night and they were sort of loosely affiliated you have some kids who knew each other and friends of friends and people who went to school with someone else. And so as you get this large group going into the park, I think many of them didn't know many of the others. One thing that's sometimes lost in the sense of the Central Park Five is the fact that the police brought in and interrogated nearly all of those kids, end quote. Mm. And while one of the victims or two or not one of the victims, two of the members of Central Park Five, two or three of them knew each other. The other ones didn't really, they didn't really know each other. Mm -hmm. um, so among those brought in for questioning were five black and Hispanic teens, Corey Wise, 16, Yusuf Salam, 15, Anton McRae, 15, Kevin Richardson, 15, Raymond Santana, 14, and they came to be known as the Central Park Five. Mm -hmm. So Richardson and, and Santana were considered to both be part of the alleged what the police called wolf pack, end quote. 
And they were, that like, of those 30 kids, they called them the wolf pack. Yeah. And they were detained for hours before their parents were eventually called. Uh, Melee was found early the next morning while they were still at the precinct. And so the police made a link there. Mm-hmm. So then McRae, Salam, and Wise were taken in the next day. And Wise wasn't even considered a suspect at the time. He just wanted to offer moral support to his friend Salam. Okay. So the New York Times reported the day after Maylie was found, quote, five were arrested shortly before 11 p.m. on Wednesday at 102nd Street and Central Park West in connection with the pipe attack on the male jogger. Three were charged as juveniles with second degree assault and unlawful assembly, and two were charged with unlawful assembly and released that night to their parents, end Mm -hmm. quote. So Sarah Burns's co-director of the documentary, David McMahon, said, quote, none of the five had ever been in trouble with the law. Their families had never been in trouble with the law. So when seasoned detectives brought them in for questioning, they were exposed to the techniques that these detectives use so effectively. They were told, if you just tell us what we want you to tell us, you can go home. Mm -hmm. Over 14 to 30 hours of interrogations, they began to break down, end quote. 14 to 30 hours. Yeah. So four of the five teens, all of which were from Harlem, were interrogated for hours without their parents before four of them made videotaped confessions to detectives. All of them said that, that like their confessions consisted of that they touched or restrained Maylee, um, while one or more of the others assaulted her. Mm-hmm. The boys later recanted, however, and pled not guilty, saying that their confessions had been coerced. Again, 14 to 30 hours. Yeah, I would think that that would be a bit coerced. Yeah. Furthermore, after testing the DNA evidence found at the scene and finding that it didn't match any of the five boys, the prosecutors relied solely on these initial interrogations and confessions. Were the interrogations taped? Yes. Okay. Um, That's when they had, like, the confessions on video. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if all of, the, all of it was taped, and I'm going to get to why in a minute, but... That's that's what they used as their primary evidence was, okay, so the police asked you, did you do it? And you said yes. Yeah, I mean, I would look back at those 14 to 30 hours to see, like, okay, well, what is, uh, like, are they coercing these confessions out of them, like, creating them from nothing? Yeah. If well, it's you, very... If you're just oh, taping the confession, then you don't get all the lead up to it. Right. And there's definitely some lead up that was not shown. Um, Salam wrote in the Washington Post in 2016, quote, when we were arrested, the police deprived us of food, drink or sleep for more than 24 hours. Under duress, we falsely confessed. Though we were innocent, we spent our formative years in prison branded as rapists, end quote. Mm -hmm. Then in a 2016 interview with The Guardian, Salam said, quote, I would hear them beating up Corey Wise in the next room. They would come and look at me and say, you realize you're next. The fear made me really, the fear made me feel really like I was not going to be able to make it out, end quote. So, That's fucking horrible. Yeah, again, they're teenagers. They are kids. Yeah, there was like 15-year-olds in there. The oldest is 16, the youngest is 14. Yeah. Yeah. That's, first of all, they're all minors. Why are they being questioned about their parents at all? Mm Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, according to New York Magazine, the police told reporters that the teens used the word, quote, wilding in describing their acts, and that, quote, 
while laughing while in a holding cell the suspects had laughed and sung the rap hit wild thing end quote Mm. this was not on video so i don't know whether or not it's true could it be they Um, were just delirious it could also very much be that they were just delirious i mean about 24 hours without food drink sleep i could see them being delirious yeah um but what followed was a widespread public outcry with the attack igniting a media firestorm this firestorm highlighted racial tensions in the city and played into preconceived notions about black kids youth yeah and the crime was splashed across the pages for months and well the front pages for months with teens these teens being depicted as symbols of violence and being called bloodthirsty animals savages and human mutations mm. uh the pointer institute a nonprofit journalism and research organization um that's where i got that information and they oh, it's just i i don't know how people could get away with calling not just children that but just in like i yeah that's pretty fucked up yeah but um to make matters worse newspaper columnists joined in and the new york post peter hamill specifically wrote that the teens hailed quote from a world of crack welfare guns knives indifference and ignorance a land with no fathers to smash hurt rob stomp rape the enemies were rich the enemies were white end quote Now, again, I want to reiterate, they had never been in trouble with the law. Their families had never been in trouble with the law. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying, oh, they came from a world of drugs and guns and knives and violence. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you lived with them? Yeah. And just the area that they're in, you're making assumptions about that? Yeah, we're going to go based off that. But um, so then an April 21st, 1989 story in the New York Daily News reported that on the night of the crime, a 30 person gang or so-called wolf pack of teens launched a series of attacks nearby, including assaults on a man carrying groceries, a couple on a tandem bike, another male jogger and a taxi driver. Mm -hmm. Then the New York Daily News reported, quote, at least a dozen youths grabbed the woman and dragged her off the path through heavy underbrush and trees down a ravine toward a small body of water known as the lock. It was there, 200 feet north of the transverse, that she was beaten and assaulted, police said. Mm-hmm. They dragged her down like she was an animal, one police official said, end quote. So it went from being five kids to a dozen, at least. And like it just keeps getting more and more sensationalized and... What's the word that I'm looking for? They just keep on. What's the word like demonizing? Yeah, yeah. These these kids and just kids of color in general. And it's just really so then adding fuel to the fire a few weeks after the attack in May 1989, a real estate developer by the name of Donald Trump, never heard of him, took out full page ads in The New York Times, The New York Daily News, The New York Post and New York Newsday with the headline Quote, bring back the death penalty, bring back our police, end quote. What a surprise. Oh, it gets better. Oh, Oh, you don't even know. He also wrote, quote, I want to hate these murderers, and I always will. I am not looking to psychoanalyze or understand them. I am looking to punish them, end quote. Yeah, because he's a judge and he has the right to be able to do that because his daddy had money. Yeah. So... (sighs) 
in an interview around this time with CNN, like after he had put out the ads, they interviewed him. He said, quote, maybe hate is what we need if we're going to get something done, end quote. Mm. So while the ads did not specifically mention the Central Park Five, the implication was enough to know who he was talking about. And some also credit this as being the launch of Trump's political career. Ugh. On hate and racism. What a surprise. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so talking about the ads, Salam later told The Guardian, quote, We were all afraid. Our families were afraid. Our loved ones were afraid. For us to walk around as if we had a target on our backs. Had this been a the 1950s, that sick type of justice that they wanted, somebody from that darker place of society would have most certainly come to our homes, dragged us from our beds, and hung us from trees in Central Park, end quote. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, absolutely. So, despite inconsistencies in their stories, no eyewitnesses, and again, no DNA evidence, they were going solely off those interrogations. Yeah. The five teenagers were convicted in two trials in 1990. McRae, Salam, and Santana were found guilty of rape, assault, robbery, and riot. Mm -hmm. Richardson was found guilty of attempted murder, rape, assault, and robbery. And Wise, who was the only one of the teenagers who was tried as an adult. Mm. Um, he was 17. He, he, so they just bumped it up. But um, he was found guilty of sexual abuse, assault, and riot. And after the verdict was read, Wise turned to the prosecutors and yelled, quote, you're going to pay for this. Jesus is going to get you. You made this up, end quote. Mm -hmm. So McRae, Salam, Richardson, and Santana were sentenced to five to ten years in various juvenile detention facilities. And Wise was sent to five to 15 years in prison. And each of the Central Park Five ended up spending between six and 13 years behind bars for what then New York City Mayor Ed Koch called quote, the crime of the century, end quote. Mm -hmm. And Manhattan Borough President David N. Dinkins, who later became the city's first African-American mayor in January 1990, he actually used this trial for part of his campaign okay. and condemned the Central Park attack. And, like, he used terms that the trial had not gone underway yet, but he still used terms that basically said that they were guilty okay like presuming guilty before what is it like there was no innocent before proving guilty with this guy yeah um he also proposed quote anti-wilding legislation in response to the attacks okay so this is all well and good but then in 2002 after a confession while serving a sentence of 33 and a third years to life in a state prison after pleading guilty in 1991 to four rapes and the murder of a pregnant woman new dna evidence proved that convicted rapist matthias reyes was the true lone culprit yeah someone who has offended before oh oh just wait just wait because it's funny you say that one of the rapes he'd been found guilty of actually occurred two days before the central park incident yeah, was anyone looking into that fucking case? Nope, he was never a suspect. Yeah, that's... So, Reyes later said, quote, I know it's hard for people to understand after 12 years why a person would actually come forward to take responsibility for a crime. At first I was afraid, but at the end of the day, I felt it was definitely the right thing to do, end quote. And in recordings that were later released in 2018, Reyes told a senior investigator with the Department of Corrections Inspector General's office 
that while he was in prison, he had changed his life and found Jesus, which ultimately led to his decision to confess. And he said he knew why is because they were serving they they were serving their sentences in the same prison. And he knew that he and the four others that were convicted in the case, like or he knew that they had been convicted in the case, uh-huh. but worried about what would happen if he came forward. And then he said, quote, there was a thing in the back of my head that was saying, you don't know what this kid has gone through in 12 years of his life, end quote. So, yeah, but you let you let five kids get put away in prison. Yep, for something that you did. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like he was out and, free and like. Oh no, he was. was. A, but no, when they he, when they went away, he was out free. He didn't get put in jail until 1991, a year after they were convicted. Yeah, but still, that's a year after they were convicted. I know. You could have confessed he have right then. To it. Yeah. 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 You already had 33 to life. Like, I mean, yeah, it's not like are. It's, it's not like you were getting anything else taken away from you. Like, exactly. You just so, fucked up five people's lives more yes. because their parents, like their friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's fucked up. So the charges against the Central Park Five were vacated um, on December 19, 2002. New York State Supreme Court Justice Charles J. Tejada vacated the convictions of the Central Park Five. However, he also said that because the statute of limitations had passed, Reyes would not be prosecuted. So he was never prosecuted for Melee's attack. Uh huh. He does remain in prison on a life sentence, but he has a parole hearing scheduled for 2002. 22. Okay. 22. My bad. I'm still, in the early, I'm still in the early aughts, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2003. Um, the Central Park Five filed a civil lawsuit against New York City for malicious prosecution, racial discrimination, and emotional distress. And city officials fought the case for more than a decade before finally settling on $41 million. So, wow. yeah. So this is relatively recent that they won this lawsuit. And according to New York Times, the settlement was equal to approximately $1 million for each year of their imprisonment. And that's kind of how they split it up. Um, Corey Wise received the biggest share of $12 million because he was the one who had been sentenced as an adult and spent the longest time in prison. He had spent 12 years in prison. He was one of the last. He was the last to be released. Yeah. So in Sarah Burns' documentary, Wise said, quote, you can forgive, but you won't forget. You won't forget what you lost. No money could bring that time back. No money could bring the life that was missing or the time that was taken away, end quote. Mm -hmm. So... In the years since their release, the five men accused in the Central Park case have moved on with their lives. Today, Salam is a married father of 10 who, wow. like, yeah, I know, 10, Oof, right? He got but busy. <laughs> he, Oh, no, he got hella busy. Like, we're not even going to talk about the kid thing. Like, he, he got mad busy. Okay. He is a married father of 10, and like most of his fellow members in Central Park 5, we'll get to this, continues to speak out about his experience. He is a published poet, a public Mm. speaker, and a criminal justice reform advocate. And in 2016, Salam received a Lifetime Achievement Award from President Barack Obama. Oh, all right. Yeah, I know. Wise still lives in New York City. He works as a criminal justice reform advocate and public speaker who gives talks about his ordeal. And he works with the Innocence Project, 
through which he also advocates for the rights of wrongly convicted as well as criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. And Richardson lives in New Jersey with his wife and two daughters. Hey, he Jersey. works as an advocate. Yes, see, there we go. Yeah, he lives <laughs> He lives in your home. That's right. I nice. always forget. So he lives there with his wife and his two daughters and works as an advocate for criminal justice reform and also does work with the Innocence Project along with Wise. Mm-hmm. And Santana actually became a filmmaker and lives with his teenage daughter in Atlanta, which is like a big hub for movie making now. So that makes sense. Uh He also launched a clothing line called Park Madison NYC in 2018. And a portion of the proceeds from the sales of one of his T-shirts bearing the first names of the Central Park Five is donated to the Innocence Project. Okay. And finally, McRae, he's, he's kept a pretty low profile. Um, it's known that he's also living in Georgia with his wife and six children. And as of 2012, he was reportedly working as a forklift operator. Cool. I should say also, this is really sweet. I found this really sweet. All five of the Central Park Five attended the premiere of, we'll talk about this in a minute, when they see us together. Okay. So they still keep in contact. Yeah. And during his presidential run, um, Trump reinforced his conviction that the Central Park Five were the real ones who committed the crime, despite the evidence proving otherwise. Mm-hmm. Salam said, quote, I look at Donald Trump and I understand him as a representation of a symptom of America. <laughs> we were convicted because of the color of our skin. People thought the worst of us. And this is all because of prominent New Yorkers, especially Donald Trump, end quote. Mm. All right. So while he was on the campaign trail... Uh, Trump was interviewed by CNN and they asked him about the ads in June 2016, to which he responded, quote, they admitted they were guilty. The police doing the original investigation say they were guilty. The fact that 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 case was settled with so much evidence against them is outrageous, end quote. Mm -hmm. So much evidence. Yep. They only had the interrogations to go off of, but yeah, there was so le- much evidence. They just had people saying that they're guilty. Like, a bunch of people said they're guilty, so that makes them guilty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were beaten into saying they were guilty, and nope, that makes them guilty. Yeah. So, yeah. So, obviously, everybody went, yeah, that sounds about right, and elected him, so... Mm. <sighs> and then, as, as was mentioned, some police officers, including the arresting officer... Um, along with the prosecutors involved in the case, do believe that Reyes only confessed after Wise approached him while in prison. Remember, he said he knew him. Yep. And told him to take responsibility for the attack, according to New York Daily News. Uh-huh. Um, one officer said to the newspaper that he and other detectives believed that Wise and the rest of the Central Park Five attacked Maylee and Reyes later came upon her and raped her after the fact. And some huh. believe that he was part of it, like he was part of the attack, like that he raped her along with them. And okay. others believe that they initially attacked and raped her and then he found her body and then raped her. How crazy would that be? Yeah. Like, that's insane. Why do you think that? Because they're black. Well, not just black, because they're not white. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, because again, none of their DNA matched the DNA from the scene. Yeah, exactly. Only Ray like, go back to DNA. that topic. Yeah. So, and no offense, nothing against these kids, but I doubt they were. If this guy was too stupid 
to not use a condom. I yeah. don't think that these kids would have been smart enough to use a condom. Yeah. Like, wow. you would have gotten a hell of a lot of evidence from a hell of a lot of people. The one that I just can't think of is, like, okay, this group of boys did this horrible thing and then uh, leave her there. And then yeah. another guy's just walking by and goes, well, it's already open, so She's why not? She's asking for it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. That is the craziest theory. That's yeah. insane that somebody would think yeah. that. Wow. Like, are we kidding? Fuck that. Yeah, I know. Sounds about white. So the story has been covered in many books and documentaries, um, like the one by uh, Sarah Burns, for example. Mm -hmm. But as I alluded to earlier, probably the most famous pop culture reference right now is when it was turned into a four part Netflix drama called When They See Us. Yep. Which was written and directed by Ava DuVernay, who we know from when we talked about her other movie, Selma, when we did our Martin Luther King Jr. episode. Mm -hmm. um, and it stars Niecy Nash as one of the parents. Um, it's it's genuinely, it's got like a really just wild cast. It's like the kids are relatively unknown, uh -huh. but the uh, like the adults, like the like it's it's unbelievable there's there's john leguizamo's in it uh-huh um kylie bunbury plays one of the central park five's wives um felicity huffman is in it r.i.p well not r.i.p but like you know yeah. um vera farmiga aka none other than i almost called her elizabeth warren lorraine warren um <laughs> <laughs> very different yeah uh, not funky jensen people. Yeah, Famke Jensen, who played the original um, Jean Grey in the X-Men movies, uh -huh. she's in it. She plays one of the prosecutors. She's like the ADA or something like that. I don't quite remember. Mm -hmm. But just like all kinds of people. Like it's it's really it's it's very impressive. And a lot of hard work was clearly put into this mm -hmm. and Ro like Robert De Niro executive produced um, Amy Kaufman executive produced and people, a lot of people, if you don't know her, you should, because she has produced like house of cards and billions um, gossip girl. Yeah. Like she's done a lot. Um, it's, it's just, they got everybody like truly they got everybody and you know who else they got. It's an important series. It's an important series because you know who else they got. Who? Do you know who else produced? No. Queen Oprah. <gasps> I know. Of course. You got Ava. You got Oprah. You got Amy. You got De Niro. Like, I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Everything she touches turns, turns to gold. Turns to gold. Um, we've all seen her lists. Yep. And how expensive they are. Um, that doesn't happen overnight. Well, it does. She says they're on her list and suddenly they triple in price. But, uh, um, well. so nonetheless, the miniseries has a 96% Google score, a nine out of 10 on IMDb. Wow. And, and yeah, wow, indeed a nine out of 10 on IMDb. And I feel like I should also mention because this is such a popular movie or not movie, but like miniseries, it has Nearly 62,000 reviews as of the time that we're recording this. Ooh, wow. Yeah. And it's got a 9 out of 10 on IMDb. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. So very highly rated. Very highly rated. 
And then it has also, in addition to the 96% Google score, a 96 tomato meter rating and a 90% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. With the critics consensus being, quote, Ava DuVernay pulls no punches in When They See Us, laying out the harrowing events during endured by the Central Park Five while adding a necessary layer of humanity to their story that challenges viewers to reconsider what it means to find justice in America, end quote. Mm. Like, damn. Yeah. Like, who? And literally, I, I will get into it in a minute. There are very few people who did not like this. And if you don't have Netflix, you can also watch it on Prime. Because like okay. I said, it is on Netflix. But it's, who Lord. But now, to get more into this. So, the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's... I don't want to use the word graphic, but it's very gritty. It's very black and white. It's very, like... They're not hiding anything. They're not hiding anything, and it's just been met with, like, a whirlwind of feelings. Yeah. Um, A lot of people got very disgusted and angry after watching it, and people credit this for actually introducing the case to a new generation of, like, people. Because, Yeah. yeah, like, our parents knew all about it. You, you and I, when this happened, you were not born. I was not born. Um, when Trisha Maley came forward, I was in, like, third grade. So you were in, like, fifth grade. Yeah. Like, we were too little. We were too yeah. little for all of this. Um, I, 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 I'll honestly, I'll be honest. I didn't really know too much about them until the presidential campaign last, t- last time around. I am trying so hard not to give that person anything yes um, uh because he did like mention it so that like kind of brought it back I that's heard- what brought it back yeah well because it, he he the election began around the time also that they were they won the lawsuit yeah it began a couple years after or the campaign trail began like, yeah around that time but um, I, I definitely heard of like the name the central park five yes. but i i don't know if i knew it was connected to like a true crime thing right right so People got pissed. People were disgusted. Um, And DuVernay stated in response to, like, all of the... Because it wasn't backlash. It was just outrage. Yeah. Um, Like, you can't believe that this is a true story. Yeah. Um, So she stated, quote, The legal system is not broken. It was built to be this way. It was built this way. It was built to oppress. It was built to control. It was built to shape our culture in a specific way that kept some people here and some people here. It was built for profit. It was built for political gain and power. Our real goal is to say, go, America. Let's go. Let's change this. And you cannot change what you don't know. So now that you know, what will you do? What will you do to change this? Which, like, go, Ava. Go, Ava. Yeah, if you're outraged about this, then how about you just be outraged about the real thing and not the uh, representation of it? Well, no, I think that's what she's I, I like. I don't think that's necess- I think she's saying like it's good that people are outraged because that was our goal. Our goal yes. wasn't just to like tell you the make story. money off of this awful story. It was to raise awareness and to make like everybody keeps saying like, oh, like this is the generation that's going to bring change or that's the generation that's going to bring change. And she's saying, OK, like be the generation that brings change. Let's do it. Yeah. Um. So. 
it's interesting that she says, what will you do to change this? Because we'll get into that in but a moment. Mm-hmm. Some people were angry with the minis- miniseries for other, and if I may be so bold, fucking stupid reasons. Mm-hmm. Linda Fairstein, who is a best-selling author of crime novels, was at the time of the Central Park Five's arrest and trial and Maylie's attack, was the head of the sex crimes unit at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. She was Olivia Benson. She was Olivia Benson, except Olivia Benson is a million times better and Linda Fairstein could never. Okay. Um, so she is played, she's the one that's played by Felicity Huffman in When They See Us. Okay. Um, and she is shown directing the coercion and attempting to block any due process for the boys. She is one of the people that was like, oh, there's no DNA evidence. We can just go off the interrogations. Yeah. Um, so after the series premiered on May 31st, 2019, so not even a year ago, mm-hmm. students at Vassar College, which is Fairstein's alma mater, organized a petition to have her removed from the college's board of trustees. Um, mm. Other people um, put out petitions calling for a boycott of her books. And there was also a can- hashtag cancel Linda Fairstein movement on social media. Jeez. And I'm not a fan of cancel culture, but if I was, this would be the one. This would be the one. That and OJ, let's cancel them both. So, Fairstein, in response to all of these petitions and all of the public outcry, was, I'm talking in not even the two weeks since she, since the series premiered. Uh Uh-huh. She she was dropped by her publisher, ICM Partners. Wow. Wow. And was forced to resign from her position on the Vassar Board of Trustees, with Vassar College President Elizabeth H. Bradley writing in an online message to students, quote, I am told that Ms. Fairstein felt that, given the widespread debate over her role in the Central Park case, she believed that her continuing as a board member would be harmful to Vassar, end quote. Mm-hmm. Something tells me that Fairstein wasn't feeling this way. She was told this. She was a little coerced, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like someone forced her to say something that would be unfortunate for her. You know? That feeling? That would be such a shame. Hate to happen to an innocent person. Yeah. Well, and as that one New York Daily News, I believe it was, journalist said, it was because the crime was being white. It was the victims were because they were white and they were rich and they were white. Yeah, yeah well, why can't it rich also go the other... Such a hard time. Yeah, but why can't it flip the other way? Oh, these people are only being uh, being convicted of this because they're not white. Yeah. No, that doesn't work that way, Haley. Don't you know? Uh, like, I don't understand. If you're going to fight in one direction, then you have to defend in the opposite direction. I, I'm with you. But at the same time, we're talking about people who think that all brown people, all black people are criminals and rapists. So... Yeah, yeah. They're not giving us their best people. Nope. They're always sending over the bad ones. They pick them. They hand pick them. Yep. Yep. They extradite them. We're the world's... It's like sending trash to a landfill. We're the world's prison. Yeah, no, we're the world's landfill. That's what it's really turning... We're turning out to be in the most ironic way. Uh Uh-huh. 
Uh, obviously, we don't believe these things. We're being sarcastic, but yeah, aggressively there are pe- sarcastic. There are pe- yes, but there are people who do believe these things. That's why I need to be like, listen, we're not on your team. Yeah, we're not um, for your podcast. Yeah, I'm so sorry, but beloved, this is not for you. Um, so that being said, <laughs> unable to just take the L and go into hiding. Fairstein decided instead that she was going to fire back in a Wall Street Journal op-ed less than two weeks after the series premiere, which she titled Netflix's False Story of the Central Park Five. Mm-hmm. So in the article, I couldn't read all of it, I will say, because the Wall Street Journal wanted me to pay and I was like, I'm not going to pay. Um, yeah, no. Um, she, who I, I should say also by now, I think we can all agree that Fairstein is a very ironic name, giving all the unfair bullshit yeah. she was and continues yeah. to spew. That is but, weird. But, um, yes, she calls the film a, quote, basket of lies, end quote. Wow. And says, quote, Ava DuVernay's miniseries wrongly portrays them as totally innocent and defames me in the process, end quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how it is. That's that's right. You got it. Yeah. Right on the money. So for those of us counting, though, that brings us up to a grand total of two racists. Mm-hmm. However, given that the miniseries was nominated for just a slew of awards, like we're talking Directors Guild Awards, we're talking. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to like work my way up to that, but Producers Guild Awards, mm-hmm. TV Critics Awards, and sixteen Emmys. Wow. Yes, out of which it won two of the Emmys, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie for Jarell Jerome's portrayal of Corey Wise, mm-hmm. and Outstanding Casting for a Limited Series, Movie, or Special. I think Ava DuVernay and Netflix aren't too concerned with Fairstein's just vitriol. I don't think they're too worried about her. No, I think they're like, oh, not. it's another crazy white lady. Okay, carry on. Yep. Like, and I should also mention, it's truly, it's extremely impressive um jerome's portrayal of wise because he the story has it that he really wanted the part he lobbied for the part and at the time he was filming something else that required him to have a beard so he was like okay i'm not gonna get this part then yeah because Corey wise was 16 at the time he was arrested yeah so he wouldn't really have like a full man's beard right so he went in and he like auditioned in his beard and then he was like as soon as the project was done he shaved his face and he went in and he read again Uh and Ava DuVernay was so impressed with not just his skills, but also how much older he looked with the beard versus without. Yeah. She cast him as Corey at 16 and Corey 12 years later when he was released. Oh, wow. Yes. So it, it, it it's it's like with it, how they had like the younger actors and then the older yeah, actors yeah. playing. Like they did that with this, except he was the only one who I believe he was the only one. Um, I have to go back and look again. But he he was the main one who was portrayed by the same actor as a child okay. and an adult. Yeah. Um so that's one big biggie. Um and then there was also an opera written about the Central Park 5 wow. which yes and it, it and its world premiere was on June 15th, 2 weeks after when they see us premiered on Netflix and I want to say I it didn't get the s- same press. No, 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 no. I'm trying to think. I want to say it was like three days after 
Linda Fairstein just went hog wild on the Wall Street Journal. Oh, like, wow. So not only does she have to deal with this, now she gets to deal with an opera on top of it. Yeah. Maybe that's something that she can better understand, given that she's so highbrow. I mean, she went to Vassar um, mm. and she got kicked off their board, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So it premiered at the Long Beach Opera House on June 15th and it ran through June 23rd. And the opera is titled The Central Park Five and is written by composer Anthony Davis, who has a history of making operas about famous subjects in like, I'll I'll call it modern history, like anything before like the 17, I mean, after, yeah, after the 1700s. Um, Mm -hmm. His first opera was actually X, The Life and Times of Malcolm X. Oh, And it was immediately followed by Amistad. Which, for those who don't know, that's that slave ship where, um, what do you call it? The the slaves took over the ship to try to free themselves. Yeah, I believe that's I believe that's how it went. It's been a it's been a minute since I was in class, kids. Um, And then another one that he did that wasn't necessarily on a civil rights issue was the Patty Hearst kidnapping, which was called Tanya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did a lot, and. Yeah, so if anybody sees that there's a Central Park Five opera coming to their town, go see it. Yeah. It should be interesting. It should be fun. And also, he talks about, because Trump is featured as a character, and he talks about how he cast a tenor in his part, which for those who don't know, it's the ones with the very, very high voices. Yeah. And initially, I guess it was written so that he wouldn't have a full sentence said like that he would just keep like starting sentences and then in the middle of that starting another one yeah but then they had to change it or something like that i don't quite remember i was like the interview yeah um but yeah so it's just it's really it's it's i i'm very glad that it's got a happy ending even though it's just a huge miscarriage of justice yeah but that is the story of the Central Park Five and just in time for Black History Month. Yeah. Not just in time for it, but we're, we're towards the end. And President's Day. Oh, shit. No. Yes. Oh, yes. It's still Black History Month. Okay. We're good. Yeah. I thought we were in March for a second. And I was like, no, no, I missed it. Not yet. I didn't. I didn't miss it. So, yeah, if you want to celebrate, go remember the Central Park Five. And also, Trisha Maley, let's not forget, she's also a victim in this. She's she's a huge victim in this. Yes. And, yeah. And we'll watch Ava DuVernay's When They See Us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sounds good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's all she wrote in her notes. Well. I'm sure Linda Fairstein has plenty more to write about, but. Yeah, and I'm sure this case is not going away anytime soon. At least in uh, our, well, I say our because you were from here. Our yes. basic area, the East Coast, it's a big case. Because yeah. it happened here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm curious. I should have actually asked if, like, my grandmother or if my parents, like, remembered the case. I don't think but... my parents were, like, up on true crime, really. So I don't know if they would remember this. Oh, now, see, my grandma had something to do with the race riots back then. Wow. Like, she, like, worked in Bloomingdale's, I think is the story, and she had to lock down the store and, like, lock in the employees because Bloomingdale's was seen as, like, a 
highfalutin like bougie store so obviously it was gonna be it was gonna be a a place for attacks i guess but um i gotta i gotta talk to her again about this she's got all kinds of crazy shit up her sleeves man um but yeah that's that is newer to us not so new probably to most of our parents or even some of our listeners they're probably like you never heard about this yeah um but yeah, that's the Central Park Five. And if you want more info, you can go to our website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Yes. And uh, you can also find all the links to our social media there. Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and also on Patreon. We are on Patreon. And don't be fooled when it says 18 or older. If you're under 18, we will take your money. Yeah, it's just because uh, the podcast has explicit content, so that's we why. We do? Well, we're cursing and shit all the time, so. Nah. Yeah. We've got to label ourselves shit. as explicit. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. find all that on the website. If you can't find anything, you can just message us at any one of those, and we'll send you the links to the others. Mm-hmm. All right. And with that, we will be seeing you next Tuesday. Woo! I love it when we say that. Bye! Bye! Wow. My voice cracked. Did you hear that? I thought you did that on purpose. (laughs) No, that was not on purpose. That was out of my control. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. Bye.